Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails, episode 11. This is the podcast where two lifelong Giants fans talk about their favorite baseball team while enjoying homemade cocktails. I'm your host, Ben Henry, alongside my co-host and brother, Matthew Henry. Say hello, Matthew. Hello. Hello. Today is Sunday, May 16th. And the Giants went four and two this week, uh, playing teams other than the Padres and the Rockies. The Rockies? Yes, the Rockies. Oh, thank goodness. I mean, no, I wish they could play the Rockies every day. Don't don't get me wrong, because then they would win a thousand games. But 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 nonetheless, it, it gets a little boring. Yes, they went four and two this week against the Rangers and the Pirates. Did we did we go four and two? It didn't feel like it did it. It doesn't. It feels no. like it feels like we we it lost. It feels like we went oh and a hundred this week. Yeah, it really. There was some. Those two <sighs> losses were pretty brutal. Oh, brutal, and you know the they Rangers game seemed like ages ago. Like I, I can't even remember. Like I came out of those going, "All right, we're feeling good," and now I don't even remember. You know how I felt because yeah well you know I, I I I did write down how I felt then and what I wrote down was taking care of business so I must have felt pretty confident you know it was a palate cleanser it was a palate cleanser after that brutal brutal loss that, that upset me so so much on Mother's Day right. the Mother's Day massacre as I am now going to refer to it as I should make a cocktail after that you Mother's should. Day massacre <sighs> But but anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We 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 have a spiel. Whose turn is it? Is it my turn or is it your turn? Oh, you're expecting me to remember these things? I don't know. I, well, I, okay, fine. Just Matthew, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking uh, a riff on one of my favorite drinks. I'm. Uh, this is a lemon basil margarita. Ooh. And Ooh, margaritas. I you know I love margaritas, and I just and I like how you can do so much with them and add different things, and you can add fruit to them, you can add herbs, and you know. So this one is, uh, yeah, I, I actually have started a garden, and I had some fresh basil, and so I thought that I would use my basil from my own garden to you know make a cocktail, and so uh, this one I actually did uh, like like my one of my last drinks I stole from the Quantro website. Uh, okay, but you know, as and I actually made it for the first time right before we we came on air. And as I'm sipping this, it is quite refreshing. It's tart though because it doesn't have a sweetener. It's got oh. Cointreau and white tequila, and lemon juice and lime juice, and that's it. And it's garnished with uh, and then you and lots of le- uh, basil leaves. So you shake it up with the basil leaves to get that flavor, you know, infused into the the drink. And then you garnish it with a lemon and a basil leaf. And so it's very simple. And you know it's it's tart, but it's nice. Uh, but I think if I were to do it again, I might I might try a little agave syrup or you know something to kind of sweeten it just a little bit. Yeah, my expectations is they probably felt like the Cointreau was enough to add the sweetener there, and that's it sounds like a little more of a tart a standard a margarita. But yeah, I agree. Got to have a little sweetener in there for sure. But basil is actually a really nice thing to add to a cocktail, especially like summer cocktails, light, you know, light flavored cocktails with your, your more, you know, like your clear spirits like tequila or gin or vodka. Yep. And it really does infuse very well with very, you know, a little bit of muddling or shaking effort. 
you know, I had one a couple of weeks ago on, on the show and um, it was very, very good. Uh, well, that sounds like a very nice cocktail. Yeah, it is. And, and so now I'm curious, uh, Ben, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a, uh, well, I guess it's a champagne sangria. And I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Okay, okay. Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. Don't you look and at the me champagne, like man. <laughs> it's like, like, where's the okay. caviar, dude? Are you going to break that out now? <laughs> okay, well, look. I thought so, this was supposed to be like cocktails of like, you know, and, and like, you know, the old fashions and you're just breaking out bottles of champagne left and right. Okay. Right. Look, look. So there's been a few episodes where the, the recipe has called for champagne as a topper and that is not what's happening here. So I just want everybody who's getting excited because we know what happens to me when I have a cocktail with champagne on the top is that I end up going off the rails and by the end of the show, I, I'm not saying words. I listen back to some of these episodes and I'm like, Ben, it's the San Francisco Giants. Sometimes I just say San Francisco Giants. But anyway, that usually happens on an episode that where my cocktail was topped off by champagne. But there is a correlation there because here's the problem. If you make a lot of cocktails that are just topped off by champagne, you have a lot of extra champagne left over. So what I decided to do, and this is totally an experiment on my side, was to take some of my old flat champagne. Well, okay, so that's what I did when I originally started working on the cocktail. For this one, I actually had to just sacrifice a bottle of champagne early. <laughs> but it was cheap champagne. It's not really champagne. This is this cheap uh, sparkling white wine. But uh, I just combined that. I made it like a normal sangria, so I added um, you know, a full bottle of champagne a quarter cup of sugar. I took a bunch of fruit. So I have orange, lemons, and limes in this one. I didn't have any other fruits. I would have maybe liked to throw some strawberries in here because I think that would have paired really nicely with the champagne, but didn't have any, didn't want to go get any. So this is kind of a, you know, this is kind of a leftover cocktail anyway. So muddled those together added a quarter cup of Cointreau because obviously they don't advertise for the show, by the way, we, we, we're just really big fans, I guess. It's the orange. It we is. Just like, we just like things with orange. And speaking of oranges, I'm using a blood orange in here uh, because obviously. So you muddle, all the, you muddle the fruit, you, you add the champagne and then you chill it. And I served it on ice uh, with garnished with some of the same fruits that I put into it. And I'm about to taste it for the first time. So we're gonna see nope. if this is any good or not. All right, moment of truth. It's crap. No, it's actually quite good. All right. Um, you know, what I'm realizing is, is that the champagne brings a lot of sugar with it already. And so I probably didn't need to put as much sweetener in there as I did. So I would probably not put in a full quarter cup of sugar next time if I were to do this again. Yeah, but I like a sweet cocktail. So really what my body right now is just like, just drink the whole thing. Drink the whole thing. Give me the sugar. Give me chug, the sugar. Chug, chug, I'm chug. not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's actually really good. I, I, I don't know that I would set out to make this on its own. But if you find yourself in a situation where you do have some leftover champagne and, you know, the bottle is going to go to waste and you're looking for something to do with it, there's, I guess, you know, I looked at all these things that you can do with leftover champagne because, like I said, I've had a lot of it. And I think the coolest idea I saw was turning it into a simple syrup. I was like, okay, so that's champagne-flavored simple syrup. 
which I will probably do for the future for a different cocktail. Um, or so I just decided to make a sangria out of it. And uh, it's actually nice, quite pleasant. It's a, a very summery drink. And I am definitely in full-blown summer mode. Uh, so yeah, there you go. That is my, uh, we'll call it Ben's Champagne Sangria. All right. Well, I think that's uh, very inventive of you to kind of figure out what to do with your leftover champagne other than just let it go flat in the refrigerator. So good for you. Well, I had to let it go flat in the refrigerator so I could make the sangria out of it. Although I think you could serve it still with a little bubbles in it. That would be fine. Right. Okay. I did so, read that a lot of white wine sangrias have bubbles in them. Yeah. Anyway, so I, well, I had assumed that the, the bubbles were still, so you let it go flat. Okay. I hadn't realized. Well, that, that was kind of, yeah. I mean, you know, not a lot of bubbles left in your champagne. Right? Yeah. This is like, right. you know, it sat in your fridge overnight and you're like, oh, now what do I do with this? Do I dump it down the drain? No, you make sangria out of it. Yep. You do. Okay. I'm doing that next time. A leftover bottle of champagne. All right. Well, that's the drinks are, are being drunk. Uh, which is a good thing, I think, because, you know, as we were getting into in the intro, man, these two losses that we had against Pittsburgh hit me hard, man. I, I, and I'm not sure who to blame. And, you know, I, I feel like, yes, the bullpen, right? The bullpen. And God, do we have to talk about the bullpen again? Like, could we just all acknowledge that the bullpen sucks and move <laughs> on? Because, because every week we seem to be like, well, the bullpen and, and, I would like them to do something about it at, for once because, you know, what, what have they done to, to, to fix this bullpen? I mean, arguably they made it worse, right? I mean, they traded away their third best reliever. They got rid of Wandy Peralta. What are you talking about, Matthew? <laughs> that was the secret. You know, Wandy was what was making everything bad. It was a chemistry problem. Yes, he was decent. Yes, he was the third best reliever in a bullpen that had two and a half relievers in it. Uh, well, I don't know what you want, man. Yeah. That was that was it. That was it. Well, now I mean, because we now we're we're trying to. Well, okay, I'm I'm really frustrated about this. But what I am admiring of Farhan Zaidi's uh, ability to manipulate the injured list to try and figure it out, uh, because because <laughs> this week he has uh, he has Jose Alvarez on the IL with an ankle injury that he suffered while weightlifting. And 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 I'm I'm thinking that I maybe swear, you I Nancy go on Kerrigan record. him like at some point. Like you I was must... about to say, I want to go on record. I had nothing to do with that injury. That was not me. I didn't do that. I, I, I where were you last week? I wasn't not with me. So <laughs> I wasn't in the Giants weight room. If that's <laughs> what you are wondering. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think never, you were the towel boy in the Pittsburgh uh, locker room. I, I would never right. wish an injury on anyone, but I think I, Kapler was wishing an injury because I, he got one. <laughs> I think a lot of people were probably, you know, wishing an injury. Uh, you know, uh, you know, a change, a change, and we got a change. We got a ten-day reprieve. We'll see how things go. Uh, you know. I, I don't know that I'm super impressed by what Sam Selman has brought to the oh, table. Since Sam Selman been... is going to be the answer to our dreams, right? <laughs> Good old Sam uh, Selman's going to come in and save the day. You know, I, I, I've also noticed that 
you know, Jose Alvarez and Camilo Doval now have the same number of appearances for the Giants, uh, even though Alvarez was on the team for the entire season and Camilo came up like what halfway through uh, between now and the start of the season. So I think that tells you exactly. And Camilo, I mean, Camilo is a 23 year old who's never played above a ball. And I think we're seeing that, you know, he had an, his his outing on the Saturday game against the Pirates was hard to watch. It was it was really really frustrating because I really never felt like he was he was making mistakes. I just felt like the breaks weren't going his way, especially the two hits he gave up, and they were both on the lines, and it was just it was brutal. But what he wasn't doing is he wasn't attacking the zone. He wasn't he wasn't controlling the at bat it really felt like he was trying to fish at the corners and yeah, well, it he, just he's not trusting his stuff and no, he's not and, trusting and, his stuff. and it's interesting because i know everyone's picked up on the fact that he seems to have lost confidence in his fastball and yeah i had, the other day i was driving into work this was probably a week ago at this point and greg papa was on cambr and he was saying, "What did Greg Papa have to say?" <laughs> well, he said that uh, that it, that during uh, Kapler's press conference afterwards, that Kapler and I don't know if he was just trying to defend or stick up for Duvall, but said that they had asked him to rely on the slider over his fastball, like that they were really wanting him to use the slider more. And I didn't see the press conference, but you know, if that's true, it seems like. That doesn't seem like good advice, and 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 so <laughs> not a guy that throws one hundred and one, and you're that's a ridiculous him. idea. I can't believe they would tell him that. <laughs> oh, we've got well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Greg Papa to the show. That is some bull hockey. <laughs> the guy throws one hundred and three miles an hour. Why would you tell him not to use his best pitch? I think that's what he said, actually. I think you're right. Spot on. Uh, but but well, he's, only got two. he's only got two pitches, to be clear. Yes, that's and, true. And, and the fastball and, is amazing. So it, one does have to wonder, why are you telling him to throw a slider more? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, when he let up those uh, the, the lead in, in Colorado, I think we were talking about how, you know, Casilli, you know, should have you know, told him to throw the fastball when Blackman was waiting, you know, couldn't catch up to it. And, and so for whatever reason, he's certainly not relying on the fastball in moments where he needs to, and it's costing him. And I feel bad for the guy because he's got a lot of talent, but right now he just seems to be lost. And, and I feel like in a normal situation, they might, you know, say, okay, we're going to send you back down so you can get your head right. But who would they send him back no, down for? He, he has to be on the roster. He has yeah. to be on the major league roster because he is he is one of their better relievers. And I agree with you. I think if he was on the there's a lot of different scenarios that I think would be better for Camilo Duvall. I think it would be better if the Giants weren't as good as good and they weren't as competing as you know as well as they are against some really good teams and and people you know the expectations being what they are. I think he would benefit from that because he could just go out there and fail and not have to feel like, you know, the, the, the weight of the world is on his shoulders. So that would definitely benefit him. I think it would benefit him also if he wasn't the your go-to right-hander, you know, besides Rogers, well, beside Rogers, right? right. And yep. so I, I think I think right now that's how they're using him. 
he's their number one right-hander that they bring in into those key situations with runners on high leverage situations. And I think he would probably benefit from being able to start some innings fresh, pitch earlier in the game in games that are already out of hand one way or another, close out some games where they're winning by a lot. Uh, you know, the, the, if he was at the front of the bullpen where, you know, you only put him into the situations where the game is not as high leverage, he would definitely benefit from that. Yeah. And then, yeah, he would probably also benefit from being in the minor leagues. But the fact of the matter is he is one of their best relievers. And so they're using him in a spot based on where he ranks on the depth chart. And I think it's just unfortunate for him and everybody else that's a San Francisco Giants fan that that happens to be the the, the best right-hander besides your setup guy. Right. And so that's that's the problem. I think he's he's a tremendous talent. I think the the sky's the limit for him. I think he's definitely got future closer potential. But you know, we're asking a lot of a guy who is that young and more importantly has never played above a ball and is doing a lot of this at a very high level and learning a lot. He's probably having a ton of stuff thrown at him and it's a lot. And fact of the matter is he's, you know, he's, he's in a position that I think is just really unfortunate for him on the one hand. I mean, on the other hand, he's playing major league baseball. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> that's, that, that's, that's actually really cool, but, uh, I'm but, sure he it, wants but, to you know, succeed at major league. Exactly. Baseball, exactly. Exactly. You know, but right now we're, so we're actually a quarter of the way into the season and we're at eight, we're, we're 40 games after today. And so more or less quarter of the way through the season. And, Usually, I know in the, in the last couple of years, you know, Zaidi has kind of taken, made the changes after the first quarter of the season. You know, generally, okay, you start to see trends, you know where your weaknesses are, and, you know, you start to make changes. Uh, and so I wonder, like, what are, you know, what are they going to do? Because they have to do something about this bullpen. They're contending. I know we said this last week, they're contending. Uh, but I think, you know, I think everybody knows this. And so, there's either going to be they either got to work a trade or they got to start just you know filtering through some of the guys that are you know in their organization that they had in spring training that they've had you know throughout the the, the this the season because what they have is not working so they got to do we something need but merry-go-round man we need the merry-go-round we going. do we, we need, to, yes. need to be going faster sam selman are not good enough you're out no. we need somebody else we right need to run and, it through and Come and on. well and where that Next means man gonna, let's go and they're gonna but that means they're gonna have to lose people on their 40 man they're gonna have to and so i'm like well hey if whistler's not the guy and you keep running him out there like he is and you're not now you're not even comfortable using him so look of all is ahead of him right and so you know so drop him you know bring somebody else in you know or or at least trade him for a low level minor leaguer i don't care but you know at some point you've got to start making changes and i think everybody knows that uh but man i don't i I don't think whistler's tradable right now yeah, Pretty well, nice. yeah. Gonna, so, 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 going to play chicken with them and say, no, DFA him, and then we'll sign him right to a minor league contract. Yeah. And you'll pay the, you know, you'll pay the bulk of his salary this year. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Like, this is actually what we talked about in the preseason when we talked about this bullpen. I don't know what Farhan Saidi's plan was for this bullpen or what he thought was going to happen. Uh, whatever it was, if he thought it was going to be anywhere decent, it's not working. 
Right. Well, and I mean, he, what, he thought McGee was going to have his fastball that he's had for the last few years, which he doesn't. He thought Whistler was going to be able to throw strikes consistently and uh, which he's done the last couple of years. And he hasn't. And so these are guys that he really relied on to be the veteran presence at the end of the sure. bullpen. And none of them are working. And so well, but, but, and, and maybe it wouldn't like you said, it wouldn't matter if they, if they were playing crappy. No, right? it wouldn't matter. Yeah, and that so, may have been his expectation too. I'm not really sure this team's going to actually do, and so maybe it won't matter. And and maybe maybe some of them will be doing okay, and then I can trade them halfway through the season rather than 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 planning for success. Maybe they weren't planning for success as this, at least as far as the bullpen was concerned. I will say McGee was throwing his fastball quite well, but then he got drastically overused at the beginning of the season, and what do you know? He lost his fastball. So, you know, I mean, that that is a whole yeah. different story. We all saw that coming. Everybody saw that coming. We all saw it happening and then it happened. Yeah. So, well, the only reason that Tyler Rogers is because you can't get slower. I mean, if you get slower from 85 miles an hour, then maybe that's a good thing. You know, I think the uh, only thing that's saving Tyler Rogers right now is his delivery. I mean, yeah. that might be what makes him effective, but it's also what's allowing him to pitch the number of innings that he's pitched. But sure. even then they, they pulled back on his number of appearances. So it, it is clear that 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 Kapler and crew have learned that they need to dial back. I don't know. I mean, the whole bullpen situation has been a question mark from the beginning of the season, which is what I was trying to say, like about the preseason was you and I said that the bullpen probably is going to have to be a work in progress that we're going to see a lot of guys come and go, and you're just going to see a lot of guys go. And what surprises me is that we haven't seen that happen. There hasn't, we, the only person we've seen go is Wandy Peralta, who was actually halfway decent. So I really, it, I don't know what the plan is for the bullpen. Seems to me like there isn't one. And I think that is what makes this whole thing very, very frustrating because, you know, we look at this team playing, performing really, really well. They're playing great pitching, great defense right now and getting just enough hitting. But the bullpen is really struggling and it just makes, you know, it, it feels like it feels like we're driving a race car as fast as we got the pedal to the metal and we're winning the race, but our race car is falling apart as we're, you know, going down the speedway. And the question is, is the race car still going to exist by the time that the race ends? And right now it feels like the answer to that is no. And something has to be done for this bullpen. But one question I have for you, Matthew, is, is, is it really all about the bullpen? Are they really fully to blame for this problem? Because I've been looking at some of their stats and yes, they lead the national league. Unfortunately, they are now tied with the Los Angeles Dodgers for blown saves at 12. I remember last week we were laughing at the Dodgers for leading the, the, the league in that, in that respect. And the giants were in second, the giants have blown three saves since then because you can actually blow a save more than once in a game, turns out. But anyway, so the Giants somehow lost only two games, but blew two saves. I, I don't know. But anyway, they now have 12 blown saves because the Dodgers haven't blown any in that same stretch. And so now they're tied. But other than that, there's a lot of other stats where the, the Giants, like their ERA, I mean, the, the bullpen ERA is not great, but it's not horrible. One yeah. area that they're not doing great is they are giving up a lot of home runs. So when they do implode, it's pretty catastrophic. But it doesn't seem like their stats don't match up to the number of games that they've blown. So I don't know. What do you think about that? 
Well, I think there's a couple of things that are at play here. One is that, you know, they do actually lead the league in holds, but they also are, are second worst in allowing inherited runners to score. And so there's, you know, they're, they're definitely not being effective when, when they're in the game. But I think another issue that's kind of overlooked is that our offense, our lack thereof, is really putting a lot of pressure on the bullpen to perform in high leverage situations again and again. And, you know, we're, we're like 13th in the national league in hits. Yeah. Uh, we're fourth in home runs. So, you know, when we do get hits, we hit it hard and we hit it far. And that helps, I think with some of the run, you know, with our run differential and, and that sort of thing, but we're, you know, we're really relying on, you know, that one inning that will produce a three run bomb or, or something like that. Or lately we seem to be relying on the third baseman's errors to let us score runs. <laughs> but, but I, you know, so I think that that's, that that lack of hitting and consequently close games because our starting pitching has been doing so well you know you know based on our starting pitches you get into the sixth or seventh inning you know generally it's a two to two ball game or three one or one to nothing I mean it's you know we're struggling to score runs but they so is the other team and then we get into these late inning situations and the bullpen's always having to be perfect and And there's just no every margin of error. Yeah, every situation's a high leverage situation. Yeah. And so I think that, I mean, that's that in itself. I think if the Giants start hitting, then that would help the bullpen significantly because then you're, you know, if you can have, although we we had significant leads in Colorado and, and didn't hold them, but that's Colorado. So maybe that's a bad example. But I think that, you know, overall, if we could get, you know, the bullpen a lead, you know, instead, yeah. you know, more a crooked number lead, maybe then, you know, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be as bad to, to give up a home run or give up a hit. Yeah. You know, well, here Camilo and Sam Selman had a reasonable lead too. And they, <laughs> they, right. couldn't, they couldn't put it together. Uh, but I mean, I think that is a good point. You know, it, it just, the Giants, every game that they play is, is close. And, uh, you know, I was looking at just some of these weird stats, you know, random stats, the, the Giants have been walked off six times, meaning they have lost to a walk off six times. And which is over had, a third of their losses. I mean, they've only lost 16 times. So, right. You know, I, I, so yeah, that's, that's, that means those were games where you were tied or and not winning. all those losses could even be a walk-off because what four or five of them were at home. Exactly. Right. And, and the giants have not walked off anybody. So half right? their losses on the road have been by walk-off. You've got me with the stat, man. I'm just going through this over and over. <laughs> It's brutal, isn't it? It is brutal. I mean, that's why we feel like crap, right? That's why we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. All of these losses are heartbreakers. All of these losses. And the thing is, is like, yeah, you're going to lose games like that, but they're losing a lot of games like that. And I think it is either. Yes, the bullpen isn't strong enough or the offense isn't strong enough to either prevent those situations from happening or getting you through them and letting the offense have a chance to 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 take one of those games instead of losing them all. They're also one and four in extra innings, right? It's just close and late. The bullpen is not deep enough to, to win games. And the offense is putting them in too many close and late games. Well, then it's kind of this chicken or the egg thing, because even today, for example, Wood came up um, in a situation where there was a runner on third and, and, and two outs. And I think that in a normal situation, Kapler probably would have wanted to, to, to pinch hit for Wood for an, you know, an opportunity to add on another run, but he doesn't trust the bullpen 
to hold a, a short lead. And so he lets Wood hit. And I think that, you know, that was definitely the right choice yeah. uh, because we don't, I, for that reason, right? You don't trust the bullpen to, to, to hold a lead. And Wood is, right. you know, pitching arguably at a Cy Young level. You want Wood in the game. But I think, you know, we've seen we've seen Kapler like to play the matchups and roll the dice and... and yeah, and, you know, uh, Kapler wanted to do that. He absolutely wanted to pinch hit there. Yeah. And, but he couldn't because, you know, so, so the lack of a bullpen is, is hurting the offense and then the lack of offense is hurting the bullpen. And I think, you know, we're, we're in a, in a situation where something's got to give, you got to either bring in new blood in the bullpen or maybe once Solano and uh, La Stella come back, uh, you know, one of the things that's kind of overlooked is that uh, is Longoria is, is, you know, he's having a great overall season, but he is struggling against right-handers. And I know we talked at the beginning of the season that La Stella was supposed to be that option against yeah. right-handers uh, to help. Yeah. I said know, Longoria was going to be the veteran off the bench and he was definitely going to platoon. Yeah, you were, you, you nailed it, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Logan Welb's going to get those 13 wins too. Baby. <laughs> hey, the only thing we got is Buster Posey and his home runs, but uh, what, uh, 333 ain't bad, man. Uh, so, so I think, you know, we are missing some key components of the offense and, you know, and, and I know that you're a little skeptical on the old fogey staying, uh, healthy throughout the season, because we've certainly seen this revolving door. Uh, do you think we'll ever see a healthy full, you know, offense? No, No, I don't. I don't think we will ever see a fully healthy offense. I think we will always see the rotating door. I think that it is good that Solano is coming back. And 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 yes, we're definitely missing uh, La Stella and, and we need him to come back. But I just feel like, you know, somebody else is going to be hurt, you know, within five to 10 days of, of those guys each coming back. And it's just going to continue to be this merry-go-round. So I, I do think that, yes, getting those people back is going to make you better and it's always going to help. And, and we can definitely be hopeful that that happens. But I think the real thing that the Giants need to do is they need to go get a setup guy somebody who can slot in to the eighth inning and either you you bring Rogers in as your mid-game um, stopper shutdown guy or you allow Rogers to become your primary closer and you use McGee that way or you just stack them seven eight and nine but you need another guy you need a three-headed monster at the very least and I think um I think that would be a huge pickup. I would like to see them get another guy who is maybe not of the same level, but but close to that. Another guy who's going to give you consistent performances and is going to reliably get guys out who you'd bring in, you know, in the sixth inning or in situationally, right? I think if you could find two guys like that, then the Giants are going to win a lot more of these close and late games. I think we're a quarter of the way through the season at this point. I think we know what we have. And I think what we have is a great rotation that we hope continues to be able to to pitch the same way it has and doesn't get tired. Although I am a little bit worried about that Desclafani thing. I hope that's just a blip. 
But if that starts to happen to all of these guys, then forget about it because we're toast. But if they continue to pitch the way they have been, and I think there's a reasonable expectation that they can, then, you know, I think the offense is probably is what it is. Like we're seeing it. And yes, there's probably some good days ahead, but I also think it's probably going to be injury prone. So we kind of know what we have and what we know that we have is a bullpen that's just not deep enough. So let's go make it deeper. Yeah, the, uh, there was an article in The Athletic uh, about potential uh, relievers that could be brought in from Dreaming. Oh, other people are noticing the same thing that we are? <laughs> yes, it's not a secret. Every, everybody <laughs> except Farhan Zaidi? Yes. Because <laughs> I, I know I'm, Gabe Kapler knows. Gabe Kapler knows very well. <laughs> I, I'm I'm starting to suspect that Zaidi might probably know too, uh, but I you know I think that uh, well one of the 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 pitchers that they mentioned in this article which I thought was and it I think I, I want to say it was I don't know if it was Grant Brisby that was the, uh, the the author I don't think it was but there was uh, the 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 pipe dream was Taylor Rogers from the twins oh that would be cool would that be cool to have uh our yeah. twin twin uh back into the bullpen? oh yeah oh Lefty yeah and righty just totally battling. closer oh yeah uh, that would I, be awesome and and the only thing that would be wrong about this is that you know well i guess you know what was mentioned in the article was that the twins have had the opportunity to take tyler rogers off in the rule five draft a couple times and didn't and so they had an opportunity to have twins at the back end of their bullpen for the twins and i thought oh man that just they should have just done that just to make it happen right i mean they should have it just at least for like you could have taken him in the draft had him play on the team for a week right promote the heck go. out of that that could have been like you know the pr people's dreams and uh yeah and then let them yeah go. i mean they've been they've been competitive in the past few years though so that's probably why they didn't want to do that but i mean you know tyler's a late bloomer for sure and i think i mean he's he's might be the best reliever in baseball right now yeah. so i mean he's yeah. that's because nobody can figure out how to hit 75. <laughs> 75 <laughs> and, and coming 75 out of the ground down. yes exactly <laughs> rising fastballs what i mean it's <laughs> yeah when hitters are swinging at pitches in their face that are literally coming at their face and they're swinging the bat, you know that the guy's got some filthy stuff. So yeah, and they uh, have no read on it. They have no, no read on what no that clue where that ball is going. going. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so we we are a quarter of the way through the season, so that kind of begs the question. You know, we are twenty four and sixteen, the best record in the National League, and which I don't think anybody saw coming i think you know those those we I, you know I, I know i personally thought they'd be competitive i thought that they would give the padres and the dodgers you know some trouble head to head but no i did not expect them to be leading the national league west with a quarter of the season to you know in in and you know so is this sustainable like i think everybody's kind of expecting the 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 giants to just fall off and so that everybody can be right you know with the dodgers and the padres you know assuming sure. their rightful you know their rightful position in the national league west uh but but i'm i'm starting to become a true believer what about you oh i'm definitely a true believer i i definitely think the biggest thing that is going to bring the giants down is not their skill this team is as good as it looks right there's nothing in here that makes me think oh this guy's overperforming. 
you know, I mean, most people are pointing at Longoria and Posey as the guys who are overperforming. And when you're you're claiming that Buster Posey, a future and, potential Hall of Famer and a former MVP and national what, and rookie of the year is overperforming. Yeah, exactly. When you claim that those guys are the guys that are overperforming, then I, I think it's a little bit of a stretch. I think what you're seeing is, is you're seeing two veteran players who've been struggling with injury, who are, are having uh, resurgent years. And these years are not outside of the norm for guys their age. Players of their level of quality have performed this well or even better at their age. So there's nothing, there's no reason to believe that Posey and Longoria can't continue to perform like this. I think the same is true of, of Wood and Gaussman and Desclafani. And, uh, you know, Sanchez is a little bit of a question mark. But again, I think the problem with Sanchez is exactly what I'm worried about for all of these guys, which is the real thing that is going to bring this team down is fatigue or injury. That's it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I am a believer because I also think that the Giants have built in a lot of depth both into the lineup and into this rotation to make sure that even if one or two of them has an injury or even three or four of them in the case of the lineup has an injury, you have enough depth to keep things going, right? Sanchez has been out for a while and hopefully, you know, he recovers, he gets some of his velocity back. I mean, and the guy was pitching really well, even without his velocity. So (laughs) yeah, he was pitching and he was getting great results. And so I think if he comes back and comes back with some of his velocity, then that means that somebody else is going to have a chance to to step down and get you know you know to rest or maybe has needs it at that point in time and can do it. So I think the depth is there. So I really do think it is sustainable. However, if it's not, if if one too many guys, especially in the rotation, gets hurt, then this bullpen problem is really going to become a problem. And so I think that's really where you're going to see things start to break down is if one or two of these starters gets hurt at the same time and and we can't keep filling in the holes. But yeah, I do think it is sustainable. I think this team really is, well, I don't know if they're 96 wins good. Yes, um, <laughs> no, they're not. You didn't even, you did not, you said 85 <laughs> wins if I remember. Did I say, it, I meant 95. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 96 wins. So, so no, I don't. I don't think that record is sustainable. Also, because you know they did they did have a soft schedule in the first month, which we always knew. We always knew that that schedule was soft, and we we said they had to come out of there having with a good strong record, and right. they did. And you got to so beat the teams you're supposed to beat, and they did. Exactly. Exactly. I, I do think that they are around, and they look to me like a 90 win team right now. You know, I, I think the truth will will know more about this team after the Dodgers, the two Dodgers series at the end of this month. I think we'll know more about them. The Dodgers seem to finally be getting out of their funk, unfortunately. And so I think the Giants should expect to be competing against a tough Dodger team that's going to have a lot to prove against their biggest rival. Sure. Their, I mean, you, you say that, but then they lost Seager. Uh, this week so uh, you know, yeah so, well, so I, you, you know, know 
I'm, I'm, you know, you always hate it when a player of his caliber gets hurt, but you kind of, yeah, it's tough. Kinda, it's tough it's bad not, things it's, happen it's other, a little bit, it's, yeah. it's a little bit easier to take when it's someone on the Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a tough blow. That is a tough blow. And I mean, yeah, you don't want to win games because, you know, because people got hurt, but people yeah, you, get hurt all the time. And <laughs> that is a, yeah, you want to, no, that's them. a big you blow. Wanna, you and that's your foot on their throat and twist. Right. Right. Well, well, yes. So that means the Giants will be facing a weaker Dodgers team because you see, going to be out for a moment. Oh, wait, no, no, no. Because they, they brought in pool holes. So, so look out for that pinch hitter extraordinaire, Albert pool holes. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even know what to say. I, I was like, okay, cool. cool. That means cool. they're taking off a real hitter off the roster. So that, that actually makes me feel better. The Dodgers need veteran leadership. Does a team that just won the World Series need veteran leadership? Because that's the only thing he's bringing, right? Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not his I don't, power or his hitting ability. I mean, at this point, I don't career, understand that move at all. I don't understand that move at all. I I really don't. I thought, okay, Cardinals, sure. I thought a team that's struggling, the Marlins could definitely use and Albert Pujols. Sure. Yeah. Somebody I to think, show him the way, right? Yeah. yeah. I think that would have been a great fit. Or an American League team that maybe wants to take a flyer on a DH role. Why? Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think there were a lot of places that, that he could have ended up. I think the Dodgers is just, that's a real head scratcher to me. I don't, I don't understand that move at all. I'm sure that means he's going to play against the Giants and hit seven home runs in the next two series. <laughs> that's right. That's probably all that's going to happen, right? He's going to destroy the Giants and and then suck after that. My point is, is that all the way back to my original point, which was, yes, this is sustainable. The Giants are a good team. I think the only thing that's going to hold them back is injury and fatigue. This team is a good team, skilled team, and... And I think the the place that we really have to keep our eyes on is the rotation and injuries in the rotation. If that rotation still stays healthy, this team is going to be competitive all the way through the end of the season. And it's going to be exciting. I think they're going to be fighting for the division at the end. And, and definitely they'll win a wild card spot. So I think, you know, um, again, if injury and fatigue lets them do it. So yeah, I think it's totally sustainable. And my 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 seventy nine wins is just I look like an idiot now, thankfully. Well, not the first time. Well, it's true, and definitely not the last time. <laughs> but that being said, Matthew, how are we feeling about it all? I mean, yeah, you know, this is this is the time where we start talking about what's bugging us, and I can't really put my finger on it, yeah, you know, because we've talked about the bullpen to death. But I think ultimately, I think what's bugging me is that I just don't feel comfortable with this team. And I want to be comfortable. I want to be like, yeah, we're good. And look at us play. And we're the best record in the National League and hold my chest out and beat it a little bit and just be excited about it. And yet I have this lingering doubt in the back of my head that this is all just a fragile, like, like like house of cards and it, it could topple at any moment and it, it has you know there's just there's so many parts that are just I mean you look at the numbers and we seem to be a legitimate team and yet if you follow every day you know that like like 
we score runs because the third baseman throws and you know throws the ball away or we you know we're we we happen to string three or four hits together and have a big inning um but we're zeros the rest of the game you know it's just all these little things that just kind of add up to where i just don't feel like yeah we're a really great team and so I just don't feel comfortable. And I wish I did. I wish I could say after a quarter of the season with a 24 and 16 record that I could be like, yeah, this is who we are. And this is the way it's going to be. And yeah. And yet I'm just like waiting for that other shoe to drop. And maybe it's just all these years of losing that has kind of made me that way, like the last few years, but I just don't feel comfortable. And, and I don't know what, what, what about you? I think that's the most optimistic thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> you want to know why? Why? You know what that reminds me of, Matthew? Oh, God, don't say you. Torture. <laughs> Are you saying that I, I, I'm, I'm enjoying the torture? I'm saying this is the 2010 Giants all over again. <laughs> That's right. I'll take it. I'll take I'm it. I'm saying this is a team of misfits. This is a team. Well, that team was built on the fly during the season. Right. Well, I, I guess you're right, because that was a season where nobody knew that there was a World Series at the end of it. It was just, you know, one big wow at the end. Right. I mean, there was there was never an expectation that that was going to be a World Series winning team. Everything that team did was a can you believe it? Oh, my goodness. I can't believe it. I remember watching the game five against the rangers and i couldn't believe it was game five you know i couldn't believe that it was like not swept. And, not, yeah i was like i couldn't believe that it was like game five and they're up in you know and there's you know brian wilson's on the mound and and i was like i remember turning to my wife while we we're watching this on television and i said to her these guys really <laughs> That's exactly what I said, you know, and, and, and again, remember, like, I hold the 1993 team super close to my heart, you know, that's my favorite Giants team of all time. And, 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 you know, it, it just was so striking to me. And don't get me wrong, I love, obviously, we all love the 2010 team. I mean, not just because they won the World Series, but so, so many great personalities on that team as well. But, you know, I, I think the, the point is, is that it, every game that team played, was just such so nerve-wracking and you never felt comfortable with that team and nobody believed in them and and it was always just the unexpected happened from them and it was so much fun it was so much fun to watch that team succeed and i really feel like yes this is only 25 percent of the way through the season and a lot of things can happen and and but you know we're there already you know we're there again and it's the same kind of feeling it's the same kind of thing it's not it's not as magnified because we aren't in the postseason but it's the situation where a bunch of guys that nobody expects to win are putting together a great run and every win feels like a challenge every victory seems like it's going to be their last and you you just can't believe that they their record every time you come out of one of these games right like the, the you know the, the opening day gut punch and the mother's day massacre and you know all of these things that we remember that have happened to happened to this team but yet here they are they're in first place 
a quarter of the way through the season, they're on pace to win 96 games. Are you kidding me? And we don't, and we're worried. And, and it just like the team feels like it's just not going to do anything. It's just, and it is torture all over again. I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can put up with much, this much stress for the rest of the season. I don't know, man. I don't know, but um, I, I don't think, but I, but I feel you. I, at the same time, like, Oh man, it's exhausting. You know, it, it really is. It's it's exhausting. You know, and and it really is hard to watch these end of these games. Like whenever they're tied and they go into the ninth inning, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> Those are good okay. innings. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, if if they're not winning by the time they get into the ninth inning, it's a loss. And I actually think that might be true. Honestly, I don't know <laughs> if they've entered a game tied into the ninth inning that they've won. No, that's that into the ninth inning that they've won. I don't, I don't know what happened to that one extra innings when they had a, we'll have to go back and look at that one, but yeah, it is exhausting. And, and you're right. It doesn't feel comfortable, but I guess if this team was going to win, was it ever going to feel comfortable? No, I guess not because they were certainly, you know, buried in the national league West uh, on paper, certainly didn't look as strong as, as other teams out there. And, but, you know, I must say, you know, I, I think when we were starting our preseason predictions in spring training, you know, we were talking about what would be a possible way to get that third, that second wild card, you know, spot. And so, you know, I feel in that respect, you know, there was always a little bit of optimism there that the Giants, you know, could perform. But now that they're doing it and exceeding, you know, expectations, mm -hmm. uh, it feels like, wow, there's no way that this could continue. And and yet I want it to so bad. <laughs> I want it to well, keep going. Well, it can't continue. I mean, it can. It Absolutely it can. They could win 100 games. I mean, you know, it's baseball. Anything yes. can happen. Let's do but... that. 100 games. <laughs> <laughs> if this team wins a hundred games, I, 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 oh, oh man, oh man, I would. You'll make a so really much. stiff drink. Oh man, <laughs> I promise. Hey, listeners, Ben will just do shots. I have a limit. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm a responsible drinker. I know how to do it, so I do have a limit. But I will definitely do shots through a show if the Giants win a hundred games. Are you kidding me? But no, but I think this team is not going to win 96 games just because I think they've had a soft record up to this point. Uh, you know, a so sorry, a soft schedule up to this point. But I will, I do think they can win 90. And, and if they, you know, I, I think the, the chances of them winning a wild card now are, are extremely, extremely high. I, you know, even if things don't go well, this team is going to be in the running and it's going to be a competitive team and they're going to be in the playoff hunt all the way through the end of the season, most likely, given what they've already done. And so there's, there is a chance that they're going to be in the dance at the end of the season. And hey, once you get there, we, we know from experience that, right. that that's all you need. All you know, you, need. you just, you just need a, a ticket to the dance. And that's then, right. so, you know, I, I think, I think this, even if it doesn't hold out, it has been such a, you know, tremendous boon that, that it has likely put the team into contention through the end of the season, you know, and, and so we, we can count on this team being there to the, to the end and playing competitive games and keeping us excited. And, and it is a really interesting story because of the roster that they put together and where these guys all came from, you know, a bunch of our favorite, favorite guys who've been there forever and a bunch of cast offs, yep. you know, 
And that's why I do bring up the 2010 team, because in a lot of ways, it was similar. Obviously, that rotation, that rotation was built and 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 built to to do what it did. But but the lineup on that team was <laughs> it was a bunch <laughs> of guys from who knows where. Right. So, yeah, yeah you guys know. like named Sheerholtz and Burrell and and. <laughs> And you know, I always well, Cody forget, Ross and, yeah, yeah. And right. I always forget Juan Uribe was our shortstop, and he actually hit 24 home runs that year. You know, I mean, that's just, right. He, just, oh, he had a great year. He had a great yeah. year. Edgar Renteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of his career. So, so anyway, the the, the point is, is that yes, this is sustainable, um, but no, it's not comfortable, especially with that bullpen. Uh, but maybe we should just get used to that. Maybe we should get used to it not being comfortable. Yep. And 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 just remember that this is what 2010 was like. And right. and remember, that's why alcohol was invented. That's right. You know, we got to learn to love the pain. You got to learn to love the pain. All right. Well, on that, I think that's a good way of ending this episode. Learn to love the pain. <laughs> <laughs> we'll let our listeners dwell on that for the next week as we, we watch uh, the the next week, which which, which one? So we have four games against the Reds and then a three game stand against the Dodgers at yeah all. here they come so looking here forward to that come. which I think yeah. you know don't want to get too far into it because we are running up against time but we need to do well against the Reds to set ourselves up uh for that series against the, the yeah the we Dodgers. do yeah we do the Reds are scoring lots and lots of runs they're one of the few teams that can it seems like these days we handled them uh, at home so yeah we'll, we'll be we in that ballpark yeah we'll be in that ballpark so hopefully the giants can string some runs together and hopefully you know we, yeah we handled them at, in san francisco so i think the giants will be all right in that series i hope they're not looking ahead you know yeah. stay focused stay focused on the reds the dodger series will will take care of itself yeah and, and this uh, week next time we'll yeah. be talking about that dodger series we'll be and, talking uh, about that dodger series and looking forward hopefully hopefully not talking about how the bullpen broke our hearts exactly all right well on that note uh ben uh listeners you can find us uh online at uh at twitter and instagram at at giant cocktails uh you can find me matthew at at sonoma y guy on twitter ben where can they find you you can find me at watch ben fail on both instagram and twitter and remember if you found us for the first time or you keep searching for us uh, subscribe so you don't have to search for us anymore if you if you like us and and leave a leave a review or leave a like uh if if you enjoy us if if you don't enjoy us uh, you know just don't tell us anything. personally yeah, yeah. Just, or don't on. say anything yeah it's yeah. fine keep it to yourselves you know okay. i got fragile ego so you know yeah that's kind. true he, he really can't take it he can't take it and whatever you have to say about me i've heard already so that's right. points. multiple times yeah uh, uh, from significant people in my life so you really don't matter <laughs> all right well on that note cheers ben cheers we'll, uh, we'll see you next week yeah it's bye everybody tell your listeners they don't matter <laughs> always oh, sorry bye listeners love you bye bye